How do oppressed women manage to keep sweet? Next on Polygamy. What love is this? On recent programs, we have focused on false prophets, and some of their methods, how we can detect false prophets, and they're also called wolves in sheep's clothing, yes. according to Jesus' words. And recently, another docu-series was released on Netflix entitled, Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey, <laughs> about Warren Jeffs and his ascension to power over the FLDS polygamy group. We're going to review that series today, and next time, discuss comments from folks who escaped the FLDS and what mm -hmm. they say about the accuracy of this series. Now, you watched it, and I, I have watched, watched it. it. Yeah. And, of course, I was familiar with a lot of it, having come from that culture. What, how did it affect you? Well, it was disturbing. Um, I mean, I, we, through this program and others, uh, kind of a, more familiar now with what does go on, both the negative and whatever positive there is out of polygamy. But so so I was a little prepared for some of that, but mm -hmm. to not not to that extent. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty ugly. Yeah, it was, and, uh, and it was according to a lot of people that I've talked to so far. It's pretty accurate, and from my own knowledge, from it? what I've understood, yeah. it's pretty accurate too, which is good. Yeah, well, it was just it's just shocking the control that and the faith that they have yeah. placed into the blind this, faith. Yeah, the blind faith that they place in this prophet. And even when he makes huge mistakes and yeah. and the way he got caught, I guess we'll cover this yeah. later, but yeah. all that stuff, um, it, it's just, they overlook that. Mm -hmm. They just mm -hmm. excuse that or something, mm -hmm. I don't the, know. The members do the followers But they did too. that to Joseph Smith and exactly. Brigham Young and everybody else. And even and, today's Mormon prophets, yeah. they still do that. Yeah, overlook, any, overlook it. anything that's negative. Well, in this, in today, and then and in the next several programs, we're going to focus on abuse, sexual abuse, abuse of power in the Mormon religion, both the polygamy groups and the LDS Church. And we have focused on this topic in the past, but nothing changes. <laughs> <laughs> the ritual abuse, the trafficking, coercion, and exploitation continues to take place in Mormonism and Mormon Utah. The cover-ups, the turning of the blind eye that follow the abuses, uh, doesn't come to a screeching halt like it should if there were God's kingdom. Yeah. Utah has a high Mormon population who call themselves family-oriented, yet the state has a high human trafficking and teen suicide rate, so they aren't stopping the abuse in their own families. In fact, their religious doctrine is in itself abusive. Keep sweet, pray, and obey is the mantra that the FLDS preached to their females. Keep sweet was drilled into them from the cradle. Keep sweet no matter what, they would say. Well, that in itself is chilling, you it know, is. because it makes you wonder what is the mo words no matter what? What does that imply? And the series uncovers some of the no matter what's. It does. Warren Jeffs had the phrase, keep sweet, written with bricks on the outside of his home. And his father had keep sweet written on the soles of his shoes. So when he put his feet up, people could see keep sweet on mm. his shoes. Several ex-FLDS were interviewed in the series. And one of them said that the sole purpose of their daily life was to pray and adore Warren Jeffs. Hmm. One of them said they saw him as God on earth. 
God's mouthpiece. God spoke to them through Warren Jeffs. Another one said of Warren's father, Rulon Jeffs, that all of his wives were to line up outside of his door at night before going to bed and one by one go into his room and personally kiss him and say goodnight. She said she hated kissing him on the mouth that so many other women had already kissed him. Well, it's Ugh. kind of gross to think it about, is isn't it? kind of gross. Rebecca Musser was interviewed. She tells of her experiences being married to Rulon Jeff. She said they were never taught about sex or how babies were made. He was 85 years old, and she was 19 when she became his plural wife. <laughs> she talks about her first sexual encounter with him, and she was so naive she had no clue what was going on, just that she had been told that what they were doing was wrong, and here the Holy Prophet was doing it to her. Mm. That's all she knew. Lack of proper information is a great manipulative tool that the cults of polygamy use to control their members and keep them confused and keep them from thinking for themselves. Rulon had 32 sons and 30 daughters, and out of all those children, Warren Jeffs was the one who took his place as leader when Rulon died. One of his brothers said Warren had a holier-than-thou attitude. He noticed Warren was getting uncomfortably cozy with his sisters. It concerned him, so he told their father, Rulon, told their father Rulon, and Rulon just said he was watching the situation and he needed to forget it and ignore it. <laughs> so he didn't do anything about it. Here he was already a predator, and his dad did nothing about it. I guess Warren was kind of considered the special special son or something. Mm -hmm. huh? Yeah. 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 Um, Warren's father put him in Rulon, put him in charge of their religious private school, which was located in Salt Lake, uh, called the Alta Academy. In the school, he removed all books that taught about the outside world. He cut sections out of science books. The students would learn only from FLDS authorized material. They would have nothing in their brain but to do the prophet's will. Now, I've talked to some people who have left the FLDS, yeah. and it wasn't until they got out, until they escaped, that they discovered the men had actually landed on the moon. They didn't know that before <laughs> that, and yet it's been years and years since that happened. Yeah. As a prophet, Warren had a surplus of revelations. Most of them were severe judgments. You know, they moved on right. fear right. Um, on the judgments that he said was coming to the earth soon. And among his prophesied threats was before the Olympics came to Utah. <laughs> Which should be a clue here. Uh huh. All of you will not survive. Earth will be on fire. There will be a small part of the earth cut out and lifted up so that those on that part will be saved from the global fire. The Olympics coming to Salt Lake City will begin the final destruction. He ordered all FLDS to move to Short Creek to escape the coming end. Faithful members sold their businesses and their homes, packed up and moved. One member said that within just a few weeks, the population of their polygamous town went from about 2,000 to 10,000 people and that Jeffs did that because it would give him more deliberate and complete control over all the people. <laughs> now, I remember when that happened. Yeah. And, uh, and those people moved from Salt Lake. A lot of them just gave up and their businesses. All and all went down there. And to, went down to, to Short Colorado Creek is, City. Yeah, Short Creek is a, is a term for Colorado City, by the way, for the viewers who may not know that. Oh. But yeah, they all just packed up and moved down there, left everything behind. <laughs> 
but the Olympics came and went, and no ju destructive judgment Whoops. took place. Now, there's a clue, like you said. Yeah. Instead of his people seeing him as a false prophet, however, making false prophecies, Warren just used it to further enslave them into <laughs> serving him with holy fear. Jeff said the judgment couldn't come as he had prophesied because they weren't righteous enough. They needed to strive harder to be better. Blame them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Them. Now, both the LeBaron Polygamy Group and the FLDS years ago taught that people that their prophet would not die uh, that they would remain alive until Jesus returns. Joel LeBaron was leader of the LeBaron group at that time, and he was killed. Ruland Jeffs was the FLDS uh, leader, and he died. Now, it was shocking for many of the members who believed what they were told, that their prophet would be alive when Jesus returns, and yet here they were dead. As, of course, it's more false prophecy. They got confused. They couldn't unravel their questions. At Ruland Jeff's funeral, many of the people expected him to rise up <laughs> out of the coffin because wow. they couldn't believe he was dead. Oh, my goodness. But he didn't. He was buried in the ground and remained dead. He was supposed to have been their last prophet and lead them into the millennium. Well, Warren Jeffs rose up and claimed he was the man who would take them into heaven. One of those who were interviewed said... He manipulated their beliefs and turned it into money, power, and sex. They all followed him right off the cliff. <laughs> and that is so such a visual. You know, yeah. you, you see the visual of the sheep following other sheep off the cliff. Yeah. And that's what this person said about the people in the FLDS. Money, power, and sex. He nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. Within two weeks of his father's death, Warren had married most of his father's plural wives. He even married his own mothers or stepmothers or oh, yeah. other mothers, whatever you want to call it. Uh, when, and when people wondered and questioned uh, his actions at, mar at marrying his own stepmothers, they were told, keep quiet, nothing the prophet does is wrong. Wow. Big red flag there, yeah. too. Cult thinking actually cuts off individual reasoning. Now, they showed some of the family singing a song. This really bothered me. <laughs> One song that most Christians will find familiar is right. Onward Christian Soldiers sure. Marching Off to War. And they had their, their girls, their women, females, singing this song. But this is how the words started out. Uncle Warren soldiers marching off to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. Christ our loyal master, the song is written, Christ our royal master. So it's supposed to be onward Christian soldiers marching off to war, and sure. they've got Warren's Christ, War, Uncle, Uncle Warren's, Warren's soldiers, soldiers marching off to war. And then Jesus, they've taken away his royalty. He's a loyal master. He's a loyal not master. The royal master. Right, because Jeff's is the royal master. Every Mormon based religious sect usurps the place that Jesus alone holds, even in good, their songs. Such a good point. They take priesthood that belongs only to Jesus. They take prophet and savior from him and place their own people and their own doctrine and self-righteous works in his place. One of those interviewed said that fear was the driving force of Warren's agenda. She said it became strict, straight-laced, and boring. <laughs> Another one said that Warren taught they were to work hard for the privilege of working harder. Fun became a sin word. Now, the, all of this reminded me of my experience growing up in the Kingston group. So the apple doesn't fall far, far from the tree, does it? Have that same teaching or 
pressure. The same idea, yeah. yes. And what I don't understand is the fear factor. They all use fear. Even the Mormon church uses yeah. fear to to motivate fear people. Fear of failure, fear of... Fear of God. Disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Fear, fear of hell, fear of damnation, fear of rejection, whatever. Right. Fear and, of falling and, short. But God doesn't use fear. He uses no. love. Good point. This is also said, Warren ruled out the wearing of denim for females. No print fabric, no red fabric. Everyone had to wear long underwear to the wrists, ankles, and neck. The females were required to have immaculate hair, which they were forbidden to be cut. All this was for salvation, and they were scared to disobey. So there's that fear. They're Again, scared fear. not to do it their, his way. And this series tells about the tragedy and the crime of the lost boys. It began in about 2004, and for several years, the FLDS ejected excess boys beginning at about age 13. They were competition for the older men who would be taking the younger girls as their plural wives. They taught that a woman's husband is their pathway to heaven. Now, this is kind of like the LDS Church, too, because doesn't a woman have to be married and called from the grave by her husband? Yeah, he's the one that will pull her in or bring her with a right handshake into the celestial kingdom. That, yeah. That's done in the temple Yeah, every time you go through, uh, at least the first time you bring your wife through, uh, through, the, through, the, the, veil. Veil, through the veil, yeah, through as the they veil, say. Yeah. So the FLDS church entity owned all the homes so Warren could take property he wanted, kick out people at a whim, relocate and resettle families into new homes with new husbands and fathers for the children. It was a nightmare and gained momentum as he used his power to suit himself. One man said that underage marriage took off on steroids under <laughs> Warren Jeffs. Wow. He said that the FLDS was number one in human trafficking in the U.S. at that time, boys for child labor, girls for marriage and sex. And no one came forward to do anything about it until Elisa, is that how you Alyssa. say Elisa. Elisa Wall forced the issue through a lawsuit charging that Warren Jeffs forced her into an underage, unwanted marriage with her cousin. Well, they brought out the fact that both Arizona and Utah, where FLDS communities are located, a lot of them are, that polygamy is illegal. But that means nothing when you're dealing with the Mormon fundamentalists. You work around that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. One thing that really bothered me was a statement uh, that about that the unwillingness of the states to prosecute polygamy yeah. because they argued that they were dis they were, didn't want to disrupt families. <laughs> But instead, they do nothing, yeah. <laughs> and then that facilitates the pedophile to disrupt families. And and besides that, the law is the law. You know, besides that, and Warren Jeffs himself spent much of his time as their leader disrupting and ruining families. So that was really just a yeah, cop-out. One politician, I think he was from Arizona, said polygamy isn't the issue anyway. The issue is the workings of the FLDS. Well, polygamy is illegal. It is the issue. And, and as we see, as this story unfolds, if it wasn't for polygamy, the FLDS wouldn't even exist. That's true. <laughs> so so Mike, Mike Watkus, a reporter from Arizona, was interviewed. He said Jeffs was a bully. He used the FLDS as his platform to bully the people and used God to justify it. 
that the currency of Jeff's realm was young brides. There's a story. A so when the, the oppressed and abused uh, people in polygamy wanted out, they too often found themselves hopeless and helpless, and stuck and desperate with no way to help or get help or help themselves. Dan Barlow, who was the polygamous mayor of Colorado City at that time, knowingly lied on camera denying that there were any underage marriages taking place. And victims won't come forward and testify because they would be going against their fathers or their brothers or their uncles or cousins or whatever. Sure. With no victims to testify, there can be no charges to prosecute. Part three of the series presented their acquisition of their ranch in El Dorado, Texas, how they lied about the purpose for purchasing the property, yeah. claiming that it was going to be a corporate hunting ground. Mm -hmm. The only thing they ended up hunting was more wives and multiplied pedophilia. <laughs> Again, lying for the Lord is necessary in Mormonism. Well, the property they bought was located four miles north of El Dorado and a thousand miles from Colorado City. Now, Randy Mankin operates the local newspaper. He was interviewed, and he described his concerns, his investigations and reporting on the FLDS polygamists that had moved next to their quiet community, a local airline pilot, because they, they barred people from going onto their ground. The only way they could see what was going on was over the air. Over. So a local pilot began flying over the property on a regular basis and noticed extensive uh, building activity going on, realized it wasn't a hunting retreat. Warren Jeffs had vanished, going into hiding, but he still ruled the church in hiding, and his faithful followers did a great job of protecting him. He had security cameras installed on, on light posts and chimneys and trees to watch on what everyone was doing, and when they did it, he kept records of their activities, fear and more fear. Now, this yeah. happened in Colorado City. Yeah. So if you drove down there during Colorado City, their cameras would catch you, and then they'd send the God Squad after you. Oof. Jeffs called his group a benevolent dictatorship. <laughs> a dictatorship it was. Benevolent it not was so not. <laughs> In one meeting where he established his power and dominance even further, he had a list of names of over 20 men and told them to stand. Those men had been respected leaders in the community all their adult lives. Jeffs, however, was intimidated by their presence that they might challenge him at some point. So he publicly accused them of being master deceivers, disagreeing with their leader, and he kicked them out. They could not say goodbye to their families, they could not protest, they were forced to go, and their wives and children were reassigned to other polygamous men. Isn't that awful? People were shocked and saw the danger of offending Warren Jeffs. His dominance was established. He had taken out those who would and could think, who would and could think for themselves. So he did it a step at a time, a step at a time, and each time he mastered more and more control over them. Mm -hmm. And among some of those who were kicked out was one of his brothers. They labeled him his own brother, a son of perdition, and that is a term which is yeah. the lowest a person can possibly be in, the, in Mormonism's thinking. It was a dictatorship, but it was not benevolent. The word Zion began being mentioned many times during their religious indoctrination. The location of Zion was secret, but many of them thought that Zion was heaven, and they were told that the, the beginning, starting to be told there was an earthly Zion, but only worthy, holy people would know where it was and were able to go there. Of course, that was the YFC 
ranch in El Dorado, Texas, called YFC means Yearning for Zion. And people did go, go there. Warren started populating the ranch with little kids, young boys and girls they could indoctrinate and use for child labor and child mm -hmm. brides. Children and some adults in Short Creek, would disappear in the middle of the night. No one knew where they were. No one knew yeah. where they went. They were called poofers. Uh, the men would take mother's children from them and take them to El Dorado Ranch, but the mothers couldn't go there themselves, and someone else would be controlling the growing children, mind, body, and spirit. They had yeah. full control of them. YFZ was a grooming ranch for the FLDS children. Now, authorities uh, suspected Warren Jeffs used the ranch as a hiding place, but there was no proof, so no search warrants uh, could be possible. He was placed on the FBI's 10 most wanted list, and in the meantime, he lived the high life with his favorite wife. They were doing everything he had forbidden his followers to do. Of course. They went to Disneyland, strip clubs, Mardi Gras celebration. They wore Gentile clothing and enjoyed the pleasures of the Gentile world, which he had warned his people against. <laughs> uh, one of the interviewers said his hypocr hypocrisy was bottomless. His brother, Seth Jeffs, was Ward's courier, bringing to him at least $300,000 a week. Wow. which they extorted from the members, telling them they were using it to build Zion. He Incredible. was eventually caught through a routine traffic violation on August 28th of 2006, just outside of Las Vegas, and he was wearing clothing he himself had forbidden, shorts and, uh, and stuff, and he was driving a red car, a color that he, he had, banned, <laughs> had right? forbidden. Yeah. And once he was imprisoned, more and more information came out, and they realized that what they knew was just the tip of the iceberg. Of course, the FLDS members were lied to about the reason for his arrest. They believed that apostates were trying to take down the priesthood. Sure. Jeffs was incarcerated in the purgatory jail in Utah. He was charged with facilitating the rape of a child, and that was Alyssa Wall. Okay. At age 14, he had forced her to marry her cousin, who repeatedly raped her. And the verdict was guilty. He faced 10 years in prison. Ironically, it was females he exploited as commodity, and it was a female who challenged him and took him down. <laughs> Jeff continued to control the FLDS, however, from his prison cell. Sure. Now, the YFC ranch in Texas continued to be a concern for the local residents, but then a phone call came in saying there was abuse going on, and the woman herself claimed to be in danger and that there was abuse going on with children. So a warrant was issued, and in 2008, the raid of the ranch took place. The phone call ended up being a hoax from a caller in Colorado, but most people realize or should realize that once a call comes in about that a child is in danger, the CPS must investigate. It's their duty to do it. They were just doing their job, and yeah. 416 children were eventually removed from the ranch. The men were told to lie whenever they were interviewed. They must never betray the prophet. And we notice in the footage of the raid, many FLDS women are seen in distress, their faces in handkerchiefs. But nowhere to, to be seen was a man from the FLDS. Where were they? Why didn't they come forward to be seen like the women were? One of just loyal followers said they were going to use this as the greatest public relations event in the FLDS history. They would turn public opinion around in favor of their group, and they did. Even Oprah Winfrey came into the scene and basically turned her blind eye against the abuses and sustained the lifestyle of the brainwashed 
and mind-controlled, indoctrinated females and children of the FLDS. That was a huge mistake on her part. Um, The sheriff got a warrant to go into their huge temple that they had built where they found the white ritual bed that Warren Jeffs had used. Um, They drilled into the room where all his records were safely stored and where they found everything they needed as evidence to try Jeffs in a Texas court and put him away for the rest of his life. This is what Jeffs had written about the bed. When I need it, I will pull it out and set it up. The bed will be a size big enough for me to lay on. It will be covered with a sheet, but it will have a plastic cover to protect the mattress from what will happen on it. And in another place he wrote, If the world knew what I was doing, they'd hang me from the highest tree. He he, knew. He knew. He knew. He knew, yeah. And they found photos of young girls pregnant Also, some with babies after they were born. One picture showed a woman holding a newborn baby of an underage girl. uh, And that woman had previously said there were no underage marriages taking place. Again, lying for the Lord. Audio recordings of his sexual assault were discovered. He called them heavenly sessions. One of them was an actual assault. And when he finished it, he said, in Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Jeffs was found guilty of the assault of a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old girl. Records were found that linked him to 67 underage marriages. Jeffs himself had taken 24 underage girls as his own personal plural wives. Most of the loyal FLDS members to this day have no idea of the truth of all these events. During his trial, Warren Jeffs accused the court of religious persecution. He would read passages from the Book of Mormon and the Bible explaining that he had a God-given right and mandate to to live polygamy. Mm -hmm. Now, there's more about these events we want to discuss, and some of them were not covered in the four-part Netflix series. Observations and experience that are explained by a former FLDS member who escaped. And we're going to, uh, she, this one lady recorded some of the events and, and dictation that she took herself. And we're going to present them next time so you can see uh, other people's ideas and yeah. experiences of what was going on. But we cannot and, and uh, end without reminding our, our LDS and polygamous viewers that no person on this planet is God's exclusive prophet or mouthpiece. No one. We are very clearly taught in the Bible that Jesus Christ is the only mediator between us and God. Yeah. Millions of people would not be led astray by false religion if they would just believe what God has revealed to us in the Bible and relieve a lot of pain. Yeah, and watching that, it was just so incredible that, um, again, like you said, they ignore facts Mm -hmm. and the loyalty that goes on just blindly. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though they know pain is involved, they, they want that, I guess, to continue on with their children. And yeah, marry marry the prophet if they can. And that's what's so sad. A mother goes through so much, and then she allows her daughters to, even though to she go. knows the pain and yeah, but it not earns, jealousy, but just the just the emotions that go through being a second, third, fifth wife or mm-hmm, something, and mm-hmm. and yet encourage the daughters to to do keep it too sweet. and give them away. Yeah, and keep yeah. sweet. Yeah. and and so that that actually is my closing comments. We opened with the question, 
how do oppressed women keep sweet when you go through all this thing that happened? Polygamous leaders threaten dire consequences for disobedience because the leader speaks for God himself, they think. So their own minds and consciences are groomed to show a facade of submission. But as this series showed us and the interviews and my own personal experience inside of some of us was rumbling a rebel, (laughs) just willing to (laughs) waiting to come out. One of the ladies said that Ward ruled with fear. That was true in my own experience in the Kingston polygamy group. But when I found out the truth about God, marriage, and polygamy, I discovered 1 John chapter 4 in the Bible that God is love. And perfect love drives out fear. It does not rule using fear. Jesus said he didn't come to judge the world. He came to save it. There's no fear in God's love. There is fear in man-made, man-controlled religion. I chose to cast away the fear and embrace God and his love. And we invite you to do the same and ask the question, polygamy, what love is this? It's not God's love. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.